Hello, my name is Sheila and I would like to welcome you to my podcast All About You. I love to listen to podcasts and especially conversations with famous people. However, I think everyone has a story to tell. Maybe a place you have visited, a hobby you enjoy or anything that you feel would be of interest. I want to have conversations with lots of different people and hear their stories. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on my email allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com. I'd like to welcome you to another conversation on the All About You podcast. And today my guest is Gina from the UK, who has been researching her family tree. So if you have ever thought about researching your family tree, then maybe Gina can give you some pointers. So Gina, welcome to the All About You podcast. Thank you. Very pleased to be here. So Gina, the first question for you, what gave you the idea to start looking into your family tree? Well, I've always been very interested in my family history, even since I was a child. And um, I did ask members of my family various questions when I was younger, and some of them didn't know much, and some of them knew a bit more. So I actually learned quite a bit from my family before I started. And then about 15 years ago, when they started putting all these things online, I thought, well, I'll see what I can find out. So I went on to a a website. I don't remember the name of it now, but I went on and I got quite a lot about my family history going back maybe three centuries. And then I put it to bed for until I retired six years ago. And then I thought, well, I'll start it up again. So I went on to the Ancestry website this time and worked my way back through that. And. I've really found out a tremendous amount. I've gone back centuries and centuries in my family history and discovered quite a lot of inf- interesting information, in fact, about the family. So what sort of things have you discovered then, Gina? Well, as I was going through it, I started getting into nobility and things like that, through this and through that. And I discovered that I'm direct descendant of uh, Sir Richard Cox, who was the Bishop of Ely back in the time of Henry VIII, and he was actually part of Henry VIII's court, and he was a tutor to Edward VI, and I thought that was quite fun, and I went through a few more and found a few more interesting things, and then eventually, coming back through it, I got back to the Neville family, who were very big barons in the 13th century, I think it was, And I thought, well, this is interesting. And I worked my way through back back through that and eventually came to John of Gaunt. And I thought, gosh, he's an interesting character because he was a very powerful man. And then I realised that he was actually the son of Edward III. Um, And working back from Edward III, you get to William the Conqueror eventually. (laughs) So I have discovered that William the Conqueror is my 29th great grandfather. Oh, my God, that is just incredible. Yes, it's amazing. And it does mean, in fact, that I am directly descended from eight kings of England and am, in effect, related to the entire royalty throughout all all time in the UK and some French ones as well. My God, Gina, this is this, I guess, was totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. Yes, I didn't expect it because... 
in more recent centuries, all my family have been like farm labourers and, you know, general labourers, navvies, that sort of thing. And the further back I went, the more influential they got until I got to this barren stage. And I thought, wow, I do have some nobility in my blood. And then when I got to William the Conqueror, I thought, well, you can't go do any better than that, really. That's amazing. So what about your family? Have your other family members got interested in their family tree? I have a great niece who's been researching it for some time, and I think she's taken a lot of information off mine. And there are more distant members of the family who have uh, been researching it. And I have actually been put in touch with several cousins and, you know, third cousins, fourth cousins, fifth cousins around the world who have also been doing it. And because we've had our DNA tested, I have my DNA tested, they can actually find a DNA link with quite a lot of people. And they sort of introduce you on the site to all the ones that you are connected to by DNA. You can message each other. And quite a few of them have messaged me. In fact, one of them from America was going to come over here and stay and come and stay with me for a few days. But unfortunately, that all fell through because that was the week when we were moving house. So that didn't happen. But next time she comes over, she's going to come and see me. So I've got cousins in New Zealand quite a few in America, one in Canada. So you started going down the family tree. You then left it for a long period of time. And then yeah. when you retired, you picked it up again. I have more time. And, you know, it does take a lot of time. It really does. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, do you sort of, when you start researching your family tree, you have to learn the best way to do it and maybe websites to use? Yes. Well, I've tried a few websites. Um, in the end, I settled on Ancestry because I think that was found that the easiest to use. You do have to be very careful, though, because there are a lot of hints on there. And you look into these hints and you think, oh, yes, that could be so and so. That could be my great grandfather. And then you look further into it and you think, hang on a minute. No, it's not. No, because there's something that doesn't fit. So you really have to look into it carefully to make sure you've got the right person. Because some of their hints, they just come up with someone who's got the same name, but is not necessarily the same person. So you do have to be very careful. Look at birthplaces, birth dates and things like that to make sure you've got the right person. But once you've done that, and you also have to be very careful about using other people's ancestries, because all the people that are on the site have got their own family trees and you get to look at those as well but you have to be careful because some of them do some really silly things like they've got parents who are younger than the children and things like that where they've actually selected the wrong person so it's not a good idea just to copy wholesale from other people's family trees you can use them as a guide but you need to be very careful that you have got the right people and you have got the right facts otherwise you could get it all wrong and get in the right muddle so you've really got to be a detective. You have. And you've got to have lots of patience, I should imagine, to do this. You have, yes, which I have oodles of patience, so that's fortunate. How much time do you think you spend in an average week doing this? Oh, gosh, I don't know, because some days I don't do any at all, but I may do up to as much as five hours a day. It just depends when the mood takes me and when the inspiration's right, because sometimes... I mean, there are some lines on the tree and you go back like on my father's father's side. I can't get any more than three or four generations. It just comes to a brick wall. 
which you find on some lines and other lines you can go right back some have gone right back to 800 and something it just depends so so i guess you you can have a good day where you, everything just falls into place and yeah. you go off down the right route and other yeah. days continual dead ends and brick walls yeah that's right it's very much like that yes so on your family tree are you putting documents and photographs yes where they're available i am putting those up do you find it relaxing doing the family tree is it quite oh yes it is it is very relaxing yes you don't get stressed out doing that it's just fun it really is fun doing it finding all that about your family in fact I enjoy it so much I'm doing them for other people now, free of charge. Anybody who wants it done, I'll do do it for them. And they just, you know, give me as much information as they can. And I work back. I've done one for a friend of mine. And, you know, she's amazed that I now have more than 600 people on her family tree. And she's not been able to do it at all before. I mean, I think this is the thing, isn't it? If you are patient, if you've got a sort of... in inquiring mind it's probably the perfect activity if you've got lots of time if you've got lots of time it is because I think this was the problem the first time round when I did it I was working at the time you know and I had various other commitments and I just wasn't getting into it enough but this time now I'm retired and I've got plenty of free time I mean I do do other things but this is my main hobby I find I've got enough time to really go into it and really check things carefully and really got time to add all the information I can gather about everybody. I've not, I've, I've only really mostly gone back on direct lines. I haven't included where I've got to a child who's an ancestor of mine. I haven't included all their brothers and sisters, because if you include too many people, the tree gets totally unmanageable. Thousands and thousands, because the thing is, each generation you go back, there's twice as many people. If you think like you have uh, four grandparents, you have eight great grandparents, you have 16 great great grandparents. And it's not very long before you get to thousands. So it's multiplying the whole. It's multiplying every generation. So if you're going to include all aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters of everybody, you end up with such a mass of information that you just can't really get your head around it. So I understand it. You're literally going from north to south. But you yeah. could easily go east. You can go sideways, and I might do a bit of that when I've got as far back as I can go. But at the moment, it's just easier to see what you're doing if you just use direct ancestors rather than indirect ones. And Gina, have you been applying for birth certificates, marriage certificates, that type of thing? No, I haven't, because the amazing thing on the site is that you can actually see the documents on the site. I mean, you can look into parish registers, you can see uh, marriage certificates, birth certificates, anything you want where they're available. And if you want, you can print them out for yourself. I always thought you had to apply for them to sort of put the pieces together, but they're already on there, yeah? Well, this is the thing. This is the great advantage these days over the way it used to be done. I mean, people used to slog around places looking at parish registers and all sorts of things. Now you can do it all from your armchair. You don't need to go anywhere to do it, although I shall go to certain places, places where there are a couple of places in Somerset where my ancestors have lived for generations and generations And I'd quite like to go to those two places to look at gravestones and things and see if there's any people by that name still there because they've lived there for so long. I mean, that's amazing. The fact that you 
could actually go and see the house where they lived or oh, yeah. got married. I mean, that's that's just bringing it to life, isn't it? I've done that for my great great grandparents. I've been to see both their houses where they lived, um, which was interesting. Tiny little cottages without room to swing a cat in. Lots of children. How did you feel, though, when you went and you found that cottage? I mean, did you feel something sort of inside? I mean, yes. it's bringing your family history to life. It is, absolutely. That's what it is. It brings it all to life. They become real people rather than just names on bits of paper. You do feel some sort of connection with them all, especially if you go and see where they live. This is the thing with history. It's all very well reading about history in history books. Mm. But if you can actually bring your family virtually to life, is in this is where they live, this is where they got married, that type of thing. I mean, I've always been fascinated with history and I read a lot of history books and historical novels. It does fascinate me. And at the moment, I just happen to be reading a couple of books and they are actually about my ancestors. I got the books before I realised they were my ancestors. But, you know, Eleanor of Aquitaine and, and I'm reading about them and I'm thinking, well, yes, that's my 26 times great grandmother they're talking about. It does it. It really brings it to life for you. I think it's incredible what you have discovered and how yeah. far you've managed to go back. Yes, I'm just keep I'm keeping on. I got back to 800 and something. The thing is, the Ancestry website, and I think the other websites are probably much the same, they only go back to about 1500 because they haven't got any records before that. But if you've got someone like a baron or a sir or a lady something, you can then you know, Google them and find out from other sources like Burke's Peerage and Encyclopedia Britannica and even Wikipedia. You can get a lot of information about them and who their parents were and that. And so you can then go back another generation. So that's the way I've done a lot of it before 1500, because before 1500, it's difficult to do it on an ancestry type website. The records don't go back that far. But I just can't believe that you have managed to go back to 1500. That just blows my mind. Oh, yeah, I've gone way beyond that, yeah. We are living in the age of technology. Everything is on the internet. Everything's on our mobile phone. Using technology but relying on parish records, marriage certificates, yes. have managed to go back so far. yes before technology was even thought about it is it's just incredible it's just amazing what you can find out it really is you know about you know people's occupations and what sort of lives they led you know who they were married to how many children they had i mean some of them had 15 or 16 children you know because that's what they did that's right that's what they did yeah. in the day and, and they wanted the family line to continue and yes they didn't have good health they didn't have good nutrition so Life was, was cut very, very short. It was for many of them, yeah. I mean, yes, I found, you know, quite a few of my ancestors whose lives were very short. You know, they died in their 30s or 40s. And a lot of their children died as well in infancy, which is always very sad. I mean, you look at the, when you're looking at the parish records and things, you see under the deaths, you see an infant son of so-and-so-and-so-and-so buried on such-and-such such a day. And you think, gosh, they didn't even have a chance to name him. He was buried. And, you know, that side of it is quite sad when you look at them. Mm. And you also find things on the parish records and things 
about people being base-born. Instead of being illegitimate, they call them base-born. So you get interesting things like that. Because obviously there's a lot of illegitimacy going through the centuries. There's a bit in my family. Well, I was going to ask you, have there been any skeletons that have come out of any of your cupboards? Uh, I've got one. I think it's my great-great-great-grandfather who supposedly was in prison at one time. Um, according to a hint that I had on the website. But when I looked for the records, I couldn't find it. So I shall have to have another look and find out what he was in prison for. I don't really know. But there were a few illegitimacies, one that I already knew about, which was my grandmother was born illegitimate. But there are a few others as well. You know, you can tell they are because they've taken their mother's name rather than the father's name. This is the thing, isn't it? Life was so different. Yeah, so completely different. Yeah, this is what fascinates me about history. I just love to read all about it. It's just so much information because what we are today comes from what we were in the past. So everything today is linked to the past. And and the history for me, I mean, I'm not a particularly interested in the history of battles and this happened in this year. History is how did the people live? Yes. Work did they do? You know, how did they live? What were the houses like? What did they wear? Yeah. What did they eat? That is history because it's yeah. the normal, normal family. It's not an ability. Everyday life. Everyday life. And that's is history, things you can relate to. Well, this is what our homes are like now. What were they like 800 years ago? What would they have eaten? What jobs would people have done? Yes, I'm very interested in all of that, more so than, you know, the other things. I'm not really that interested in battles and uh, wars and things like that. I sort of gloss over that a bit. But, yeah, I am very interested in the people, you know, what they were like and finding out things about people and their personalities, and, which is why I read a lot of history books. I mean, I remember when I was at school, history was all about this battle and this war and this type of thing. Not interested in that at all. But I remember going on a school trip and we were taken to somewhere, and I don't, can't even remember where it was now, but they literally had set up a living room in sort of the 1930s, the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, and you literally yeah. saw what was the furniture like, what would have been playing on the TV, what sort of food was on the table, was the fabric like on the sofa, that type of thing. Yes. I found that absolutely thrilling. Yes, I did too when I went to somewhere like that, just looking around and thinking this is how they lived. It was just absolutely amazing. For me, that's what history is as opposed to this battle. You need to know that stuff to sort of pass exams at school. Yeah. As an interest in history for me, I mean, I know there are groups of people who go and recreate a battle and that type of thing. Fine, yeah. if, that, if that's your thing. But for me personally, history as in how did people live? So, Gina, what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about starting a family tree? What, what would you have done differently if you were starting now? Um, I think you really need to start out, get the basis of it, you know, get all the information from the family that you've already got on all the birth dates and death dates as far back as they can give you. Then get onto an ancestry site because it's so easy to do on ancestry now. You know, just get glean as much information about each person as you can, because there are so many hints on there. You can look at all sorts of different places, census forms and everything to find out what their occupation was, who lived in the house with them, all sorts of things like that. But it's something you really have to be quite dedicated to because it does take a lot of time, tremendous amount of time. 
I think one thing from what you said there, talking to family members, I'm sure a lot of people are the same. We have got a shoebox or a suitcase full of old photographs, and we have no idea of who these people are. Because we never take the chance to sit down with our parents or our grandparents and say, okay, let's work through half a dozen of these photographs now. Who were these people? Write the information on the back. Where was the photograph taken? We never do that. And I've got a set of beautiful photographs. I've no idea who these people are. And now, being the age I am now with no living family, who are these people? What was she doing? Yeah, and I really, really regret not spending the time with my family and my grandparents going through those photographs. Uh, You see, well, that's something that I did do. I spent a lot of time going through with my mother photographs and things and finding out. And it wasn't strangely enough until about 10 years ago, no, maybe even less than that, that I was looking on this uh, local website that we had where we used to live about the village that my grandparents used to live in and I found a photograph of them and I had never in my life seen a photograph of them before because they died before I was born and I didn't know any photographs existed but my cousin had put one on there and that was the first time I'd ever seen my grandparents and that was quite a moving moment in fact. God I should imagine it was. And they actually looked exactly as I expected them to look from the way they were described to me just exactly as what I would expect them to look like. My God, that must be one of the moments when you think of all those hours you've spent researching and coming up against those brick walls. Something like that happens. That just must make it all worth it. That really was a moment for me. You say you're doing the family tree for somebody else now. So how did that happen? Well, I'm doing it for three people at the moment, and I've got another one in the queue. I did one for my partner, John, and strangely enough, found out that we were related. Back in the 15th century, we're related, yes. And he's also descended from William the Conqueror because it's on the same line. Um, Yes, so I've done his. I've done one for a friend of mine, a disabled friend of mine, who's uh, very interested in it. I've only not recently started hers, but I have, in fact, now got 600 people on hers, and she's absolutely fascinated with it. So with John's, how far did you go back with John's, roughly? Uh, well, the same as mine, because we both went back to William the Conqueror. So yeah, from, yeah. from there backwards, it's all the same. But on a lot of these other lines, I haven't been able to get back that far, obviously. I mean, there are so many lines when you get back to that stage, like there are hundreds of them. So you can't you can't do it on all the lines. You can only do so many before you hit a brick wall. But when you get somebody famous, like Sir George Neville, who we're both descended from, it's easy because you can then look up in Burke's Peerage, you can look up on Encyclopedia Britannia, uh, Wikipedia's quite a good source. I know people say it's not reliable, but I found that most of the information on it is the same as, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica. So it's quite useful. Yeah. And you just work back through that. So you've done yours. You've done your partner, John. You're doing one of your friends. You've got yeah. some waiting in a queue. Yeah, and I've got another one that I've done, which was my late partner. I thought I'll do one for his daughters. And I started doing that and I discovered that we were also related back in the 15th century sometime. So this is obviously making the world smaller and smaller and smaller because everyone is related to everybody else. Well, they are. Yeah, they say you are seven generations away from seven degrees. So, Gina, can you see this getting into, like, a full-time activity for you? <laughs> it could well do if I find other people who are interested. 
I just do it. I don't charge them anything for doing it. I just do it for fun. I just love doing it. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I can see how this activity can be time consuming, the amount of patience and, and going down this clue, this lead. And I can see how time would just disappear totally. You find yourself, you know, you started at seven o'clock in the evening at sort of 1230 at night. <laughs> Still, you're still over the keyboard. Yes, sometimes, yes. It is like that. Once you get really into it, you can't stop. You just keep going. And, and I guess that's it. Once you get on the trail of something, you want, you want to just say, well, let's just see the next one, and then something comes yeah. up, let's have a look at the next one. And then other days when you just come to a dead end and you think, oh, I'm going to give up now because I can't go any further on that, and then you put it down. That's it. Now's the time to walk away and then come back to it fresh the next day. Yeah. And sometimes you think, I've got to the end. I can't get any more anywhere now. I've come to the end. Then you look at it again another day and you think, ah, have I tried that one yet? And you try it and you find something else. But by the time you get back to about the 15th century, you've got so many lines going that it's never ended. Just go on and on. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. And, And I really am shocked the fact that you have, A, gone back so far found that you're connected to so many people you actually know very, very well. Yes. (laughs) That is just amazing. What other activities do you have then, Gina? So you obviously can't have that much free time if you're doing all of these family trees. What else do you like to do in your free time? Um, Well, I play the piano quite a lot. Yeah, I enjoy doing that. I'm not that good at it, but I enjoy doing it as long as no one's listening to me. (laughs) And, And did you have piano lessons? Oh, yes, I did have piano lessons when I was young and took all the exams, Royal School of Music exams. So I really enjoy doing that. I've been getting some new music recently, you know, to play and practice. And what type of music do you like to play? I've got everything from Beethoven to Elton John, really. It's just a great mass of music, yeah. So would you like to have had a career playing the piano? Uh, No, I wouldn't be that good. I'm not that good at it. I couldn't be a professional musician. I just do it for my own pleasure. So, Gina, you say you're retired now. If you could have a dream job at some point in your life, what would your dream job have been? Being a vet. Being a vet? Why a vet? Well, I just love animals. And I just would, and I love anything to do with medicine, medical matters. So I just think it's something that I probably should have done, but didn't. So when you say you like medical matters, you're interested in the human body, you're interested in operations. Anything to do with medicine fascinates me, the same as history. You know, I'm really interested in it. I'll read and read and read for hours about medical matters and things. And what sort of things in the medical um, world fascinate you? Because... I, I was looking through Netflix the other day and there, there's a, a program on there. I can't remember the name now, but it's talking about surgeons and surgery. And I thought, no, I don't think I could watch that. But you would watch something like that, would you? I would know. There was a time when I couldn't, when I was very squeamish about blood and needles and things. But then I got over that. I don't know how, but I did. And now I can watch anything. Because some of the programs on TV where they're showing you where people are having cosmetic surgery... And things like that. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah, they are a bit strange, aren't they? I wouldn't really watch those. Would have loved to have been a vet. Yes, I think I'd have been very good at that. So with sort of domestic animals or out on the farm? No, domestic animals, cats and dogs, that sort of thing. Big animals scare me a bit. All right, okay. Yeah, I can cope with little ones like my cats. That's fine. And Gina, are you a good cook? 
no. Cookery is something I'm not good at. Um, I do it under sufferance. It's not something I've ever been really keen on. So when you were at school, did you have like domestic science, I think they called it, didn't they? Yes, domestic science when I was at school. Yeah. Oh, yes, we did that. And mine always turned out very well, but I took longer than anyone else to do it. I mean, I, I used to love my cookery classes at school and some of the things we used to make. I mean, I remember because I don't know about you, but we used to have to take almost like a biscuit tin to put the, the finished dish in. We made rice pudding. So we all had to try and get these dishes of rice pudding home in a biscuit tin. We live about two miles from my school and it was just horrendous. I had the choice to either walk extremely slowly and get it home in one piece or just normal speed and it was sloshing around in the tin. What are the sort of things you used to make in your domestic science class? I don't really remember various sorts of cakes and things. Bread rolls we made at one stage, yeah. So we oh, doing that. baking of bread and things. Queen That's of puddings. Cool. Queen of puddings we did. I remember that. Yeah. So, Gina, my last question for you. What makes you laugh? Now, that is a really difficult one because I've got a, quite a quirky sense of humour and things that some people don't find funny, I do, and vice versa. Yeah, so just really you? silly things. Okay, so somebody falling over on a banana skin, that would make you laugh? Probably, yes. So if we think about the difference between sort of British humour and American humour, yeah. I mean, there's a TV programme called The Office, yeah. and it was a British-made programme, hugely popular in the UK, took it to America and then they had to sort of change the humour completely because the humour is so different. It's different, yeah. But strangely enough, I think I like American humour better because if I'm going to watch a comedy programme on the TV, it's generally an American one, like The Big Bang or something. I love that, you know, programmes like that. Or How I Met Your Mother or Rules of Engagement, things like that. All American programmes, they're my favourites rather than the British ones. See, I've heard of those programmes, but I've never seen any of them. No. You love those programmes. I think I like American humour. So one last thing before we finish then, Gina. Anything you'd like to say about ancestry? Any last comments or...? Just go for it. If you're interested in your ancestors, you've only got one chance to find out. Go for it and find out about them. It's, you know, what we're born to do as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's certainly keeping you busy, Gina, isn't it? It certainly is, yes. Well, Gina, thank you so much for giving us the insight into ancestry because I don't know too much about it. But thank you so much. It's been absolutely fascinating. And good luck with all the family trees that you're uh, currently working on. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Gina. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget, if you have a story you would like to tell, please get in touch. My email address is allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and thank you for listening.